Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Can we pause uh, for just a moment to say thank you? Thank you above all that you are a father and great God of all compassion. And for many of us, the, the term father is not an endearing term because of the struggles we might have had with our fathers or our grandfathers. And so where many of us might struggle, we still give thanks that you are a great father. The God of all comforts. The God that lifts us up when we're down. But God, we do pause to give thanks for the fathers that are here today. We give thanks for Bobby, for Craig, for Dale, Paul, and Alan, and Dave, and Alan, and Vincent, and Ralph, and Tom. Tyler, for Chris, and God help me for anybody I might have missed this morning. We're thankful for these fathers, for the time they pour into their children, for the compassion they show their children, for the way that they show their children the way of life, but more importantly, the way that they show what it means to journey with your son. And so we say thank you for fathers. Thank you for their example. Thank you for what they teach us and what they give us. All these things we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. If you saw the news last month, but astrologists broke the news that three planets similar to Earth have been found in the galaxy. And they believe that they're actually inhabitable planets. In other words, that if we can find a way there, we could actually live there. That's well and good, except the fact that they're 40 light years away. So whenever they come up with interstellar travel, we should be able to get there. Forget outer space. Sometimes we forget about just how vast and how big this blue ball called earth is that we live on it is roughly 24,901 miles in circumference that's huge it's estimated that there are 7.3 billion people that live on earth but one of the most fascinating things about how big our globe is is there's some things that are are relatively and universally accepted across the board by all people so Across the board, people embrace the Egyptian pyramids, the Stonehenge, and Machu Picchu as some of the most recognizable ancient uh, ruins of, of history. Uh, you can throw in there the Rosetta Stone, King Tut's uh, funeral mask, the Dead Sea Scrolls, as the most widely accepted articles of ancient history. 
And despite the fact that there are 6,500 languages spoken on earth, the Bible, the Quran, the Harry Potter series, and Lord of the Rings are the most widely read books in the entire universe. Jesus, Michael Jackson, and Adolf Hitler are the most recognized faces on the planet. Now, that's unfortunate for Jesus of Nazareth that he's lumped together with Michael Jackson and with Hitler and the very fact that we don't actually know what Jesus actually looked like. But the most recognizable logo on earth is Apple and all the Samsung and Android people are rolling your eyes, but yes, it is. Nirvana smells like teen spirit. John Lennon's Imagine and U2's One are the most widely recognized songs across the planet. The Godfather series, The Shawshank Redemption, and Casablanca are recognized as some of the greatest movies of all times. And without a doubt, Bill Shakespeare is the most quoted man who ever walked the face of the earth. They say that every day we quote William Shakespeare without even knowing it. When it comes to the Bible, the most widely read scripture verses are two. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so this week and next week, we're going to be nestling in this book called Psalms. The Hebrew term is telchim, which means psalm or praises or hymn of praise. Psalm is a collection of poems. It's a collection of prayers. It's a collection of songs. And sometimes they were sung in the temple day to day. Sometimes they were for special moments. Sometimes they were for the Sabbath. Other times they were for special festivals. And David is believed to be the most connected with the Psalms. Many of the Psalms are credited to be written by David or credited in honor of David. And so David is somewhat connected with this, but David is given credit for the most popular and the most well-known Psalm, Psalm 23, that goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And with these five words, the Lord is my shepherd, David gave us one of the most tangible examples of what God is within our life. And this is threaded throughout scripture. Even Jesus uses this terminology for God. This idea of God being a shepherd, it's a, it's a powerful image. It tells us that God is a provider, that God is a protector, that God is a guardian, that God is a leader. But without a doubt, my favorite psalm, and I know if Craig Lee was in the space, uh, he would also say it was his favorite psalm because it was his grandmother's favorite psalm that I read at her funeral, is Psalm 139. And David writes these powerful words, this beautiful image of God as a shepherd. He says, you search me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I want you to consider just a second who your best friend is. Your pal, your amigo, your Robin to your Batman, your little John to your Robin Hood, your bestie. Who is that person? How long have you known that person? For many of this, maybe been a, a few years. For others, it's been a lifetime. In that relationship you have, there's something that's going on there. There's these inside jokes, these inside stories, these few secrets that you've shared. 
And you've gotten to the point where you can finish each other's sentences or you know what mind process and thought process you're going through in life. And sure, for many of us, we know that person. We know them so well. But if we're honest, there are certain secrets, there are certain insecurities, there are certain fears and regrets that we will never share with anyone, (laughs) no matter how best that person is in our life. So those thoughts, you are the only one that keeps them. You are the only one that knows them. And what David writes in this psalm is there is actually another person who knows those things. It's God. It says that God knows the deepest depths of our soul. God knows when we're sitting and standing. God is distant and close. God is behind and in front. God is in and out. As St. Patrick would write, God is on my right and on the left and forward and backwards, above, underneath, and within. And so no matter how many barriers we construct in our life, David says that God is this good shepherd that knows us. That sounds really invasive when you really think about it, but God doesn't take that to God's advantage. It says, the shepherd knows us and God loves us. Maybe verse 6 sums it up and says, the nature of God is the knowledge of us. This is too wonderful for us to understand, too lofty for us to attain. The shepherd knows its sheep. It says in verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will mean not dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. A few weeks ago, we encountered the story of Jonah, uh, this Hebrew prophet who was called by God to go minister to his enemy. The worst people God could call him to go minister to, God said, go. And what did Jonah do? He ran. You see, Jonah had this local perspective of God. He thought God was only bound to the Israelite camp where they were living, where they were. And his idea of God is completely blown out of the water when God brings this raging sea and storm in the boat that he is going across the sea in. And and the the seamen that are with him, the the shipmen that are with him are are, are thinking uh, they'll pray to their God. Maybe God will solve us. They begin to throw things overboard so they don't get capsized by the waves until Jonah realizes he is at fault for this. God knows exactly where he is. And so Jonah voluntarily has himself thrown overboard into the depths. But what? God catches him in the depths. You see, the shepherd knows us, but the shepherd gives us great freedom. God knows you. God knows your thoughts. God knows no matter if we go to the darkest depths of our soul and the great heights of our life, God is there. In the words of Apostle Paul, he says, For I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. God is not butting into our business, but God's love cannot separate God's self from us. God is there continuously there, waiting to provide a blessing, waiting to provide compassion in our lives, waiting to give light in our darkest place. 
As one author put it, the desire of God is written in the human hearts because man is created by God and for God, and God never ceases to draw man to himself. Only in God we will find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. David wrote this powerful psalm, but we also remember David's son Solomon as one of the great people of wisdom. We'll encounter the book of Proverbs here in a few weeks. And it's so fascinating because when the reins were turned over to Solomon, Solomon is completely humbled by the circumstances. He, he, he doesn't know what he should do in light of his father's greatness. And so God searches his heart one night in a prayer. And it says that God says, ask for whatever you desire and I will give it to you. And what does Solomon ask? To know the difference between right and wrong. To know the very heart of God. To know the wisdom of God. And scripture says that God delighted to give this to Solomon. You see, the shepherd always has its best interest in mind for its sheep. God knows what you need and desires to give it to you. This is what David is proclaiming here. And then he says this here in verse 13. He says, For you created me in my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unfolding body. All the days ordained for me were written into the book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast are the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I love this passage. It paints this beautiful image that God knows us even before we were formed in creation, even before we were put together in our mother's womb, that God knew our identity because God created us. It's such a powerful image of God's knowledge and God's compassion for us. But the other thing that the psalmist is proclaiming here is not only does the shepherd know the sheep, but the sheep know the shepherd. Desperately, the desire to know the shepherd. With the rise of technology and and social media, we are actually more connected than we ever have been before. Um, We share more information, more insights, more things that we're doing in life uh, that used to be kind of private. It's all now public. There are over 300 million people on Instagram, 332 million people on Twitter, and 1.6 billion people on Facebook. I know some in this space refuse to, to be on Facebook. And, and I think Facebook has single-handedly decreased the number of attendance at high school reunions, right? Where it used to be you'd have to wait 10, 15, 25 years to see people, some people you really didn't want to see again. Now you can just find that person on Facebook and either friend them or, more importantly, block them so they can't ever see you. As of a few days ago, I had 1,979 friends on Facebook. So from preschool to high school, college, speaking engagements, ministry friends, church communities, I have a lot of people on Facebook I'm connected with. But of those 1,979 people, how many of those people really know me? And how many of those people do I really know? You see, Facebook has done this thing where it blurs the line between acquaintance and friends. There should be two lists, friends and acquaintances on Facebook. And one of the drawbacks to our connectedness on social media is that we blurred this line. But we blurred, in some sense, what our friendships really are. So how many of those 1,979 people really truly know me? How many know what's going on in my life or connected with me? You see, for us as the sheep of God, 
We have a role. We have a capacity to know God. But how many of us truly know God? The beauty of this relationship displayed in Psalms is is this mutual intimacy between God and his sheep, between David and his shepherd. The shepherd's voice is not distance, it's not unfamiliar. And David writes this in verse 17, How precious are your thoughts to me, God! How vast are the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Do you know the shepherd's voice? Has it become distant and unfamiliar to you? Can we claim to follow Christ but not truly know the voice of God in our life? I think the answer is we can't. And maybe the answer comes in in verse 19 when it says, When I awake, I am still with you. Psalm 139 is my favorite psalm because it encompasses all that psalms represents. It's a prayer of questions. It's a prayer of admission of frustration. It is a confession of faith. It's a confession of doubt. All of which God welcomes all these things. When was the last time you were silent and bare before God? When was the last time, like we see in Psalm 139, where you make yourself completely vulnerable before God, lifting your thoughts and your prayers, no matter how beautiful or no matter how ugly and jaded they might be? We often resist vulnerability of silence with God. As the great Henry Nouwen wrote, As soon as we are alone, inner chaos opens in us. This chaos can be so disturbing, so confusing, that we can hardly wait to get busy again. Entering into a private room and shutting the door, therefore, does not mean that we immediately shut out our inner doubts, anxieties, fears, bad memories, unresolved conflicts, anger, and impulsive desires. On the contrary, when we have removed our outer distractions, we often find that our inner distractions manifest themselves at full force. We often use outer distractions to shield ourselves from interior noises. This makes the discipline of solitude with God all the more important. This morning we wanted to give you a taste of Psalms. I didn't want to rattle on for 25, 30 minutes, but we wanted to represent psalms as we gathered in worship today. And so we've been singing more songs than normal. We've been engaging in interactive worship more than normal. But now in this space, we want to give you an opportunity to listen to the shepherd's voice and to bring a word to the shepherd by writing a psalm to God. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.